It's time for JT the Brick. Cardinals come in, the classic term, a wounded animal. Last time I went against Arizona, he didn't have hurts. He was pretty dynamic. And, you know, even the young kid that stubbed in there, 83, George, I mean, like, I mean, he made some plays the other day. This Cardinal game's a big game. Kingsbury looking at his quarterback going, I don't know. Quarterback looking at his coach going, I don't know. I refuse to, to let my work ethic, my preparation be in question. JT the Brick. The Cardinals are playing for their life right now. It's an important game for both franchises. I think Raider Nation's got to show up big at Allegiant Stadium. It's got to be really strong. Everybody's got to be excited about this game. And what the Raiders need to do, I believe, is they have to start fast. And they got to get Derek Carr going. So to review, get your ass together and get to midseason form on this Cardinal game. And now, here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you live from the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. My interview today with the head coach of the Raiders. Josh McDaniels brought to you by PT's best happy hour in town, five to seven and midnight to two PT's fuels the monologue. Big show today. We have Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports. He's going to give you three games for free coming up in a little bit. Kevin Ioli, the great boxing insider as it's triple G Canelo. I'll be ringside for that. And one of my favorite NFL insiders, Howard Balzer, who actually covers the Cardinals now, we will have an in-depth analysis of the Cardinals by a Hall of Fame voter. That's going to be a big segment coming up next hour. Johnny Katz on entertainment. And Kevin Bollinger is kind enough to join us from Fox 5 in studio. Good to see you, Kevin. Always great to be with you and in studio as well. It's nice, isn't it? It's, this is a fantastic <laughs> facility uh, for, for uh, Raider Nation to, uh, to kind of you know, listen to everything that's going on right here from inside the building. Well, as you can tell, they put a lot of money into this, and they really understood the concept of not only radio here but podcasts and all kind of special podcasts and interviews. And I see you doing live shots out there every day. Let's start with the weather. I saw you out there at 112, 110. Does it feel good now? You're still in shorts. Relax. It is kind of nice uh, to be out there where you're not sweating the entire time. It was kind of a weird summer for everybody, whether it was on the football field or for us trying to to do our jobs and everybody else out there trying to do their jobs. We had to to adjust accordingly, but uh, the weather's been fantastic. I think this is we're getting into football weather Las Vegas style. Yeah, I talked to the coach, and we'll play that a little bit later in the show, and he likes this weather because they can practice outside in the afternoon. And as they'll say in the interview, they got a lot that they have to install in the morning. Now, you're getting used to this new schedule with this coaching staff, and it's unique. Everybody's kind of learning on the fly the work ethic, what they're doing. And this week, Kevin, they have a big project in front of them because there was no one on that injury report week one. And now that injury report week two has got a couple of big names on it. I guess we'll know more about that later in the week. Yeah, we won't know until Friday in terms of where guys are in terms of questionable, probable, and things like that. But one big name that stands out on the injury report is Andre James. He was hurt on the last offensive play for the Raiders in that scramble for the ball when Derek Carr right. was strip-sacked there. And it's a concussion is what he has, and then we'll have to see what his availability is going to be. But one of the big storylines that we've been talking about this week is Dylan Parham having to possibly come in and play that center role. I had a chance to talk to him in the locker room yesterday. Oh, you did? Go to on. talk a little bit about not only the the – center exchanges with the quarterback, whether Derek Carr's in the shotgun or up under center. But more importantly, as we all know, the center is kind of the the quarterback of that offensive Absolutely. line barking out orders. And this is only Dylan Parham's second NFL game. So uh, first game inside a loud environment of Allegiant Stadium. So we talked about making sure that he was able to call out 
what he needed to call out and that everybody could hear as adjustments are made at the line of scrimmage. And that's going to be something that we're going to want to watch going forward. Derek Carr also told me yesterday that he is getting extra work in with him just in case Andre James can't go to make sure that there are no issues when they get to game time on Sunday. Kevin Bollinger, Fox 5, joins us. What a great job they do as the official team partner, broadcast partner of the Silver and Black. So let's talk about those two things a little bit more, the offensive line. The coach isn't going to talk about that much. Again, I asked them about it, and they're not. this is what they want to do. They're not doing this as an experiment. They think they need to do this. They have to put some younger players out there, and they probably got to rotate those younger players. So I talked to Jim Plunkett yesterday. He, he doesn't come from that culture and era. It's a new era now. Where do you stand on this? Because you want to leave your best five out there. But I don't think the best five that they have right now is elite or above average, so maybe they have to do this. I think that is the one thing that they said from the beginning, Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels, that they want players that are versatile, especially on the offensive line. They want guys that can play multiple positions that they can plug and play. Now, we all took that initially as if there's an injury situation that you have a guy can do that. But what we're seeing here develop, especially on the right side, that they're rotating guys in their series to series and we're getting some different looks we saw it in the preseason i thought maybe they were just trying to get a feel for which combination worked best but from what we saw in la at sofi stadium on sunday this is something that they're going to do at least in the short term right now with this raiders uh, offensive line going forward we had vinnie bonsignor on yesterday and he pointed out uh, colt miller didn't play well which is shocking to me because he has to play well And I went out on a little bit of a limb. I thought this is the start of his first Pro Bowl year. Like, this is where his Pro Bowl run starts. Not with that performance. So he's going to have to bounce back. Now, Khalil Mack is different than what Arizona has and even Tennessee the following week here. Where do you stand on what you saw with the offensive line? Because the right side, I think, did better than expected. And it's just tough to predict what's going to happen going forward because you're not going to see Bosa and Mac every week. I think that was the big part there. The takeaway is Bosa and Mac mm-hmm. are elite, obviously, and you put them together on the same line. They're not going to see that uh, many times during the year. Obviously, when the Chargers come to Elite Allegiant Stadium later on. And Colton Miller has had durability in his career, and that's one of the things that's been the most important. He did have some issues, obviously, but there was a, a lot of pressure being put on them uh, on Sunday, and, and so I think that we're going to see an improvement starting this Sunday against the Cardinals and moving forward, but it is going to take some time with the continuity of everything going on to, to try and get this uh, all on the same page. Kevin Bollinger, Fox 5, joins us. Great, proud partner of the Raiders. So, Derek, so you talked to Derek, and you had an exclusive with Derek, as you always do. You're the first to get it there in the preseason, and all Raider fans know that that's a rare performance for him, three interceptions. And again, as I talked to the coach about it today, and I'll say to you, the decisions were fine. It was the throws. And the throw deserves analysis on all of them. The throw that came up short to Devontae, Devontae makes that if it's in traffic. If Devontae has a chance to go up against two guys, I think he makes it 60 70% of the time. He didn't have that chance. A linebacker turned his back on the Waller catch. Waller split the defense, the safety. I I don't think that would have been a touchdown. I think someone would have dragged him down with the speed. And then the miss to Renfro, he threw behind him. So he'll clean that up. And when you talk to him, what was his demeanor like and how excited is he for this game? 
He's excited. I mean, there were some touch passes, uh, the ones that you mentioned, and I agree with the Adams thing. He's either going to get the catcher, he's going to get right. the PI, but there were some others that were just incomplete passes that were touch throws that were just a little bit off. And there are going to be uh, days like that, and and it's early in the season, and and people can argue all they want whether he should have had uh, at least a series mm-hmm. or two in the preseason or not to work some of those kinks out. The bottom line is. It's a week-to-week league, and it is a marathon and not a sprint. And I expect Derek Carr to come right back out and have a fantastic game this week because nobody's going to work harder to make sure that the same things don't happen than him. And I'm a big believer that he's going to come back with a big game. I am too. I think this sets up for him to be – it's not a great defense that he's playing, but what blows me away is Kingsbury had this team go 8-1 and on the road. I mean, Holt, they were the first team to 10 wins – and the 8-1 and team on the road. They did a lot of things right. Now, the debate coming up with the Cardinals is always, you know, at the end of the year, teams figure them out. Maybe they hit the wall physically with Kyler Murray. But in the beginning of the year, they come out like sprinters and are ready to go. So as you look at roster per roster, do you give the Raiders a significant advantage of the favorite here in Vegas in this game? They're playing at home, but there are a couple of big playmakers, Hollywood Brown and Kyler Murray, who could really change the game quickly. Yeah, I think the Kyler Murray thing is going to be interesting because it comes down to guys basically staying with their assignment and not making sure uh, that, that we talk about plays going off script. We talked about it with Justin Herbert last week. Well, you can magnify that even more with Kyler Murray because once he gets out of the pocket, anything can happen. And so I think that it's going to be a real test for this defense, and we're going to get a better feel for them because we are going to see some more mobile quarterbacks. Russell Wilson going to the Broncos. They see him twice a year. That's right up his M.O., and so it's something that they're seeing more and more in the NFL, and the Raiders have done uh, a decent job against those type of quarterbacks, uh, but we also have a lot of new guys on this defense. I think one thing that helps is having Chandler Jones here on the defensive line in terms of, of talking with his unit, uh, not only uh, the defensive line unit, but the entire defense mm-hmm. to get a better feel because he went up against Kyler Murray a lot of yeah. time in practice over the last few years. Kevin Bollinger, Fox 5, great friend, great insider, always here in the building. So there is a press conference. What's the plan today with practice and what your schedule looks like today? Practice at 1 o'clock. Uh, the Raiders will be outside. We understand, again, the weather's perfect. And then we'll be having a locker room availability uh, sometime in the 3 o'clock hour and uh, we'll start getting the information out to everybody with what everybody's talking about. How important is that? Because you and I were at a couple of those empty stadium games. And do you go back and think of that? I do when I leave, because you leave late if you're doing live shots, and I leave after the postgame show, and there's no one in the clubs, there's no one in the stands. But it takes us back to those couple of years ago when their fans weren't in attendance, and we were working those games, and you couldn't get in the locker room. What's it been like now with your team at Fox 5 to be in there, build relationships, and get stories that you can't get unless you're in the locker room. I think you hit the nail on the head with the building relationships. Sometimes it's not always the stuff on camera that we're doing. It's the the conversations that we're having off camera and off, off record to build relationships with the players. So we can, you know, talk to them and they can feel more comfortable uh, as we go forward. And, and, you know, it's it's a feeling out process because it's been a couple of years since the players have had the media inside the locker room as well. Some setups are better than others. SoFi Stadium, the visiting locker rooms for the Chargers, it's it's yeah, like a high that. school stadium. I mean, it was a jigsaw puzzle in terms of, of lockers and people, uh, you know, six players here, six players there. And, and it was so crammed in. It was, it was a, a maze to try and maneuver for the players and the media afterwards, a, a very compact 
There are other open environments like the Raiders have with their locker room at Allegiant Stadium where it allows for a little bit more conversation. And here at the facility, the Raiders locker room is top-notch that that allows uh, for for the interaction. So I think that that's an important aspect in sports is to have the access to the locker room just to to talk to the players rather than saying – we're going to have just a couple of select players that's chosen to come out and talk to the media, which is what we've had to do during the COVID era. Wrapping it up with Kevin Bollinger from Fox 5 as we continue here. So what do you think of Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson and taking the ball out of his hands? Biggest story so far this week coming into the game tonight, which I'll get to, an AFC West battle between the Chargers at Kansas City. But now you want to talk about a big news story. I've never seen a coach in his first ever game. In the NBA, you got 82, baseball. But you only got 17 in the NFL, and the fans seemed to have liked him two weeks ago. It felt like they were running him out of Dodge. Yeah, well, you know, coming off of the Vic Fangio era, where yeah. he seemed to be second-guessed a lot up in Denver, and then they said, here's a breath of fresh air, and then here we go with the first game. And, and I think Ryan Clark hit it right on the head on SportsCenter right afterwards, saying, you're paying Russell Wilson all this money. You've got to give him the ball in that situation to not only – you know, go out there and try to win the game, but also make sure that the locker room is one at the same time moving forward in game one. And I think now that there's there's going to be some stuff that's going to have to be repaired within the Broncos to, uh, going forward. But I, I thought it was a huge mistake because you, you go with him and if it didn't work, you come back and say, look, we brought him here to do this. It didn't work this time, but we know going forward we got the right quarter, guy at quarterback to get the job done. Right next to us, uh, less than 100 yards, is the Aces' new facility that's going up. And, man, it's big. I mean, Mark Davis does big real estate projects. It's not Alameda anymore. They've got a little bit of room out here in Henderson to build up. They're up two games to none. Mark Davis owns the team. Which, again, as an investment, I thought it was pretty shrewd that he could get his hands on the WNBA with the NBA, wink, wink, coming down the road. We all know that's coming. To own the Raiders, and you've kept a really close eye on the valuation of this franchise and what's happened since they moved here to the desert here. We can have an Aces championship coming up here pretty quickly, and if not, Mark Davis will have to go and watch his team out there again do it. So a lot of people in this town excited about this, young girls, young kids, boys, parents that love basketball, there's not an NBA team. How have you seen that evolve since you've been out here? It's, it's really evolved, and I think that Mark Davis has taken this franchise to another level. There, there are certain parameters in the WNBA uh, in terms of, of what you can do in terms of commercial flights versus charter right. flights and salary structures uh, that are a little bit set there. But he has uh, raised the bar to bring this organization to one of the the most top-notch WNBA organizations that's run internally, and now it's basically paying off on the court, and they're one game away from from winning the championship. By 8 o'clock tonight, we could have a WNBA champion in Las Vegas. And it's a big deal because Vegas was was a college sports town. It's a big fight town, everything. I'll get to the fight before we wrap it up. This is important to this community. Championships, I don't care what sport it is, if it's a Mountain West title for UNLV basketball or football, if you have a chance to win a title in a sports town, we've been waiting on the Golden Knights, obviously. This will be a big deal. We're both boxing guys. I love this fight. I can't believe it. I I can't wait to go see Canelo Triple G. Look, they're not in their prime anymore, but they match up brilliantly, and they are warriors and neither one wants to go down, and they'll take hits. How big is this, the home opener for the Raiders? There could be a parade here for the WNBA team, and we got Canelo Triple G. And on the uh, entertainment side, I believe Life is Beautiful is going on this yes. weekend as well. So uh, another, 
trademark <laughs> Las Vegas weekend with everything going on. But I think this fight is what boxing needs. Even though, as you said, they are aging, there aren't the, the big-time vibes for fights yeah. very often anymore, and this one delivers that. And I think that that's something that gets people excited about the sport again. Uh, and I think that you know Las Vegas is the place that these fights have to be. It just doesn't Absolutely. have the same type of feel when it's in another city. So I think it all adds to the, well, everything. The, you know, Crawford Spence. You know, the potential. That's what drives me nuts. I'm going to have Kevin Ioli on in an hour. If you can make Triple G and Canelo three times and have a trilogy, and you can't make the biggest fight in the world, and that's the only fight left for real boxing fans that understand the size of it, and also. Tyson Fury, Anthony Joshua, Allegiant Stadium now has to get one of these fights because Jerry's World's had it, and you've been there, and they do a good job with boxing, but some of these fights are bigger than T-Mobile, and I'm hoping that Mark Davis and the Raiders are in that conversation to get a super fight at Allegiant Stadium. I mean, we got to imagine Dragons, Motley Crue. Let's get a big, you know, 50,000-seat fight. That is set up perfectly for that. And let's not just get a big fight. Let's have the boxing promoters get a big card. Let's not just have a big fight up at the top and then stuff on the undercard. Let's get some big fights and make it a night that every boxing fan has to be at, not only because of the main event, but everything below it as well. Thanks for coming up here and doing this and being one of our insiders. Have fun out of practice today. Always a pleasure, and uh, let's uh, see what uh, plays out on Sunday. It's going to be a fun day out at Allegiant. It'll be a big one. Thanks, Kevin. Appreciate it. There's Kevin Bollinger, Fox 5. He's heading down to practice. Practice is coming up here in a little bit. And I'll be here till 2 o'clock, and we got a very big show. As we said, we're going in a bunch of different directions. So when we come back, we'll have my conversation with Josh McDaniels. I sat down with the coach. No one has heard this yet, including me. Hasn't been on TV. It'll be on TV all weekend. We have it first here exclusively. That's why I'm in the building. My conversation with the head coach of the Silver and Black when we come back, plus a packed show with a lot of good guests as we are brought to you by Modelo. Quick housekeeping moment. I need you tomorrow, noon to 2. Cafe Americano on the Strip at Caesars outside, brought to you by Modelo. We will be pouring heavy Modellos. I'll have a bucket of Modellos with you. Come on out, Cafe Americano tomorrow, noon to 2 at Caesars. I'm excited, man. I'm excited. Um, I know I've been getting a lot of good feedback from the fans and um, seeing, you know, the things that they've been saying, hearing them, you know, in preseason in the stadium and and them being excited to see me play. And, you know, know, it's a lot more of obviously what happened this past game that I'm hoping to put on tape and, you know, come out with some W's for for this for this city. So, um, you know, the the warm welcome that I felt from them is I continue to feel it every every day, whether it's, you know, virtually or if it's, you know, in person, if I run into somebody. So, um, real excited. Can't wait to get out there. Devonte Adams. How about that? JT back with you. He's got that Tide commercial now. National endorsement. The BetMGM deal. He's a superstar, and he was a superstar in the first game for the Raiders. JT back with you as we're brought to you by Remy Martin. Team up for excellence. Remy Martin, proud partner of our show. 1738. Have a nice cocktail. Wife and I are going to see Nine Inch Nails tonight. So Bobby will play some later. I've never seen them live. And we will have a botanist gin before we go in there. Remy Martin, team up for excellence. So I'm here every Thursday at the Raider facility to interview the head coach, Josh McDaniels. Here's my conversation from about an hour ago. We welcome in head coach Josh McDaniels. And coach, busy week for you. I wanted to ask a question about the league has a bunch of injuries. 
and the Raiders are affected too. But what is it like with the conversations with Dave, getting new players in, evaluating them to see if they can help your team as you're preparing for the Cardinals? Yeah, it's always a process. I mean, that'll that'll last the entire year. Um, and, and unfortunately, injuries are part of our game. But uh, Dave was actually on it during the game. Um, yeah, I mean, once once things like that happen and you start to get the communication about, you know, something might be a little longer than something else, um, there's really no time to waste, you know, because there's 31 other teams that potentially might have to try to acquire or access somebody else, whether it be for the practice squad or the roster. So um, he was he was working on that as soon as the game was over and, and probably before. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we're just trying to figure out, you know, how to put together the right group that can go out there and practice first, right. you know, because we got to be able to sustain ourselves and be able to practice the, the way we need to practice to prepare properly. Uh, and then ultimately we'll try to make the best decisions about what the right group is to take to the game each week. But we're definitely going to be challenged a little bit this week. The Chargers had a really good pass rush. When you looked at the tape of the offensive line overall and individually, mm-hmm. what did you see that you want to clean up going into Arizona? Yeah, we, you know, I thought overall they were very competitive. Um, you know, we hung in there. We didn't have a lot of free rushers. You know, there were a few times where we had to hold the ball a little bit. Um, and that was more coverage-based than anything else. And so um, I like the way our guys competed and fought. You know, we played seven guys in there. It was a hot day. I thought they really did a good job of, uh, you know, representing themselves. So, um, you know, certainly things to clean up. There's no question. Um, and this week will be another test for us. But uh, I like the way those guys are playing. Derek had an uncharacteristic game for him. He's had, has had many three interception games. How is he in the building this week? I know he takes that hard, and mm-hmm. he's ready to go again. What did you see on those individual throws? Because a lot of people thought the decisions were great. The throws just weren't as good as they typically are. Is that fair? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, look, interceptions are a result of something. Right. You know what I mean? Sometimes the defense makes a great play. Um, I thought on the deep one to Devontae, I thought Samuel made a great play. He was actually on somebody else and then came off and, and got back there to the deep part of the field and uh, and then Tranquil made a really good catch on the one to Waller so um, there's always things to learn you know we have to read the play properly they have to run the right route um, we have to protect the ball you know when it's thrown whether that's the receiver or where we put the ball so there's a lot of things that go into you know taking care of the football and not turning it over um, and unfortunately we, we we have to learn a little bit the hard way after week one but um, has had a great attitude our whole entire group has uh, I think they're committed to trying to play a turnover-free game here this week. I've been dying to ask you about Devontae in real time. So you're there on the sideline. You see him in practice. He didn't play in the preseason. Now he's sprinting by you, making play after play. What yeah. was that like watching him make those plays and put up those numbers? Yeah, he's a fun guy to watch. He's yeah. a great guy to have on your team because he makes everybody better. Um, he was ready to play. I uh, loved his attitude and his approach, his mindset. Um, and he wants the ball in every situation, which is what you want a skill player to to be like. So um, great, great competitor um, and obviously made a bunch of big plays. And uh, we're going to need him to continue to do that. And Darren got the contract extension, as we talked about. And then he was running strong. Mm-hmm. He looked completely healthy, really mm-hmm. physical in that game. Yep. Coming into crowds. What do you evaluate with him after the game? Same thing. Uh, a guy that can obviously get down the field, make some big plays, made a huge one there before our last score. Um, but, you know, he's such a such a big target, you know, and, and those guys are easy to find. You know, when you're running over the middle, which is where he caught most of his, thro- his throws the other day, 
Um, they're easy to throw, throw to, easy to get the ball to. They can get them over top of people, which we did a few times. Um, but, no, he, he looks good. He's healthy. Um, excited that we got that done for him uh, and his family and, and looking forward to coaching him for a long time. Yeah, I want to follow up with that. That means a lot to you and Dave. The mm-hmm. guys that should be here long term to mm-hmm. get those deals done, get them yeah. out of the way. Yep. And that was important as it came right to the beginning of the season. Yeah, I mean, we've been working hard yeah. at it. I know Dave has really worked tirelessly to try to do the right thing. Um, and it says a lot about the people that, that were here that we, we've inherited a lot of great people, you know, and we're just fortunate to be a part of it. And uh, whether it was Derek or Hunter or Max or Darren, um, you know, their, their, their performance prior to us being here has really, you know, spoken volumes about what they are and who they are as people and players. So uh, excited that we we're able to do that. Let's go to the Cardinals and Cliff Kingsbury and your background with him. Yeah. Uh, tell, tell everybody about this and how far you go back when he was a quarterback. Yeah, we, we, we drafted Cliff uh, when I was very young in New England and, um, you know, had an opportunity to – he started his career in New England and, um, you know, was learning football in many ways the same way I was, you know, from yeah. the same tree. So, um, you know, Cliff's a, he's a great person and he's a really good coach. Um, you know, had it after his career, got into coaching, you know, started in the college ranks, went back to Texas Tech and had a lot of uh, success there. Um, really an aggressive guy, an aggressive mindset. And you can see that with all three phases of their football team. Uh, we talked to our team. There's one word to describe the Cardinals, and that's explosive. Okay. And so in each phase, we have to be ready to go on every play. Uh, there can be no relaxing uh, during the course of the game, or they'll make a big play, uh, whether that's on a punt rush, a scramble by Kyler Murray, a deep throw, a strip sack, an interception, a turnover. Um, they're an explosive team, and, and he's done a really good job there. Uh, and this will be a, a very competitive football game, big challenge. I know you mentioned it earlier in the week in a press conference. He's 8-1 and one on the road last year as a head coach. You know how hard that is to do. That's yep. pretty impressive. Difficult. Yeah. Very difficult. And best in the league uh, by far uh, last year. Uh, so we've told our team it doesn't matter where the game is. Uh, they're going to show up ready to go. Um, and so, you know, we, we, sometimes you fall into that false sense of security about being home. And we're going to love playing in front of our home crowd. We know they're going to give us an edge. Uh, but the, this, this group that's coming in here from Arizona, they're going to be ready to go. He's always got them prepared, uh, and it'll be a big challenge for us. Kyler Murray, pretty interesting player here. Now what he can do outside the pocket, I don't compare him to anyone else other than himself. People look mm-hmm. at Mahomes and Lamar Jackson outside the pocket. As you looked at recent tape, and they struggled in their last game mm-hmm. containing him yeah. so he doesn't have that big run outside the pocket. No doubt. He's a dual threat. Um, and I think the first thing we all we told our, our guys is – He's a really good passer. You know, he can access all areas of the field with his arm strength. Uh, he's very accurate. He can put the ball in a tiny area uh, easily. Um, and so our coverage needs to be uh, on point the entire day. We need to be disciplined with it. Uh, and our rush discipline is really going to be a huge factor in the game. Um, if you make a mistake in the pass rush, then all of a sudden he can turn into their best runner. Um, you know, and they have some good runners. So uh, once we allow that to happen, you know, now we're now we're in chase mode and he's faster than most of our guys. So uh, we got to do a really good job of being disciplined every single play uh, and not allowing him to create those loose situations. As we wrap this up, I talked to Jim Plunkett on the radio this week. They both won Heisman's are in that fraternity. And he talked about his toughness. He's a baseball player. He could have played baseball, football, but he's more physical. It's just not 
one guy bringing him to the ground. His no. lower body, his legs can keep him up where a couple of guys need to bring him down. He's not looking to slide, and he's yeah. not looking to run out of bounds a whole lot. Um, he's able to take contact. He's built low to the ground, uh, but he's very he's very thick and stout. And so um, even when you have your opportunities, whether it's a sack or a tackle, you have to wrap your arms and hold on and hope for somebody else coming with you. So our pursuit to the football, our effort to get to it this week is going to be important, not only with Murray, uh, but their entire crew on offense. Quick comment on Buda Baker and the defense. You look at this defense on the back end. What do you see? Very aggressive, um, fast. This is a fast football team uh, in all three phases, but they run to the ball. um, They they force more fumbles than any team in the league last year, and you can see why, because they get to the runner in a hurry. And when they get there, they're trying to create some situations where the ball's on the ground. So uh, ball security is going to be at a premium this week on every play when we have it. Chandler Jones bouncing off the walls this week. He wants this game bad. I can imagine he's ready to go. Yeah, he's excited. You know what I mean? They have some guys that that were here. We have some guys that were there. Uh, That happens usually every week. But uh, Chandler has a great deal of respect and admiration for his time and the people that he was with in Arizona. And uh, I'm sure he'll want to do well this week, too. Last one, the fans. You praised these fans in the preseason. It was special to you. Now it's the regular season. Yep. Your message to the Raider Nation coming into the home opener. I can't wait uh, to see what this atmosphere is going to be like. Uh, the guys are working extremely hard uh, to prepare and get ready to go out there and perform our best so far this season uh, in our home opener. And, and we know they're going to be there in, in droves and create an advantage for us. And uh, we're looking forward to giving them an opportunity to cheer for four quarters. See you Sunday. Thank you, Coach. Thank you. Josh McDaniels, our conversation today, he covered a lot. I'll tell you, of all the coaches I've spoke to in Raider history while I've been here, I think he knows the most about the opponent than anyone I've interviewed. I mean, anything you want to know about any player, he knows about him. And he's going to do what he learned from Bill Belichick and everybody else. He's going to praise the opponent. Now, he's got a reason to praise Cliff Kingsbury because he knows him. They go back a long way. Uh, and the coach was 8-1 last year, which is mind-blowing. That the Cardinals were the first team to 10 wins last year. They were a playoff team by week 11. Even before that, everybody saw them 8-1 and on the road. How do you go 8-1 and on the road? In the NFC West. So they were able to do that because they're coached well. They know what their strengths are. And from talking to Coach McDaniels, he's sitting down in front of me. There's no body language issues, but... I could see him light up talking about Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is a nightmare matchup because he can do it all with his legs. And as he talked about, too, he's built low to the ground. He's thick. As Coach said, he has the ability to break away. So if Max has him, you got to get him down because if you don't bring him down, he's going to pop up and take off again, and he can run. So you really got to worry about his arm. He can make every throw. You know, some people say, can he make every throw? Lamar Jackson, yeah, they make every throw. They're NFL quarterbacks. You're not a starter in the league if you can't make every throw. Now, some guys are so athletic, and that would include Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and Kyler Murray. And we know that Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray won the Heisman Trophy, which is a big deal, and super athletic. So am I concerned about Kyler Murray? Hell yeah. Uh, The fact is, I don't think he's a great pocket passer that could sit behind and just pick you apart all day, but he doesn't do it that way. He runs. He runs and he throws on the run, and he can throw across his body. You know, for Coach McDaniels, we didn't dive deep. He's not going to talk injuries. So if anybody's texting me saying, why didn't you ask him about this guy? He does not 
talk injuries. Injury report on Friday. Kevin Bollinger was just in studio. We'll find out. He, from the Belichick tree, is not going to give you or me any information on injuries. I watched the press conference yesterday. First question Vinny asked about that. He gave you the common answer. We're hoping to get these guys back. That's all you're going to get from him. I don't waste my time asking about particular injuries. He will not talk about it. So let's get that out of the way as we're going to interview him another 16 or 17 times and hopefully into the playoffs. And he's not a big guy to talk about individual players. Like he gave us a lot on Devontae, but he doesn't like to do that. He wants to talk about the team. So for me, as the interviewer, it's going to be unique because unless someone has a super game like Devontae or Derek throws three touchdowns this week, he wants to talk about the position groups, the entire group overall. He's not going to talk about one offensive lineman if he didn't play well. He'll check off on that, but he's going to talk about what the group needs to do to get better. Now, we spent a lot of time talking about the offensive line. They better be ready to go in this game. And they got to play clean football. I think that's one of the good points that came out of the game in L.A., unfortunately, with the loss. You'd like to see them continue to play mistake-free. Not a lot of penalties. I'd also like to see them establish the run and the screen game. I was very surprised that the screen game didn't get going in that game, but the pass rush was violent coming from Khalil Mack. And I want to see this defense manufacture some turnovers. Got to take the ball away. Start fast, play fast, and put this team away. You're not going to put them away until midway through the fourth quarter, but put them away. Go up by two scores. Play with some energy. Go up by a couple of scores. So that's what I want to talk about today. And I got a good topic for you. I didn't get a chance to get it into the monologue. Who are you rooting for tonight? Raider Nation, I think I know what you're thinking a lot of times, but I don't know the answer all the time, and I don't know this one. Who do you want to win tonight, the Chargers or Kansas City? 702-365-9200. I'm really interested to know that from you because I'm not sure. And I think the way Raider fans are looking at it, as I'm texting one right now about this, is that I think Kansas City's going to the playoffs. It's a lock. They're going to either win the division or go as a wild card. That is an absolute lock. A lottery ticket, no, it's a lock. And the Chargers i probably going to the playoffs, too, as a wild card. I had the Raiders and the Chargers going in as wild cards. I have three teams from the AFC West. So you'd like to see Kansas City lose at home. But if they do, the Chargers go to 2-0 with a road win at Kansas City and a home win against the Raiders. And Kansas City won a non-conference game against Arizona, the team the Raiders play. So as a quick runaround, I don't know my own answer, and I usually do. I don't know who I want to see win tonight. My gut says Kansas City will win at home, but if the Chargers win, it'll bring Kansas City back to the pack, which will be a surprise. And if not, maybe it's more important to trip up the Chargers early and give them an early loss as the Raiders, if they can beat Arizona, or one and one. Kansas City's going to make the playoffs. Hate to break the news to everybody. If they win 13 or 14 games, they're going to do it. We're not going to stop it. But the Chargers, at some point this year, will need to be stopped by teams outside the AFC West. This is a division game. If the Chargers win this game and go into Kansas City and Arrowhead on the road, it's going to get everybody's attention because the media loves that quarterback, Justin Herbert. The media loves the hype of the Chargers, and they're looking for something to talk about. Kansas City wins. Everybody expects it. If the Chargers win, that's going to be a big deal. And also, do you have Amazon Prime? Talked about that with my wife this morning because we're going to a show tonight. And I wanted to tape the game. And she's like, you can't tape the game. I go, what do you mean? It's on Amazon Prime. It's a live stream. 
I said, they don't have a component where I can tape this thing on a, is there a button or you can't do that. So one of you tech geeks out there who knows more than me, how do I watch this game tonight? Or because it's streaming on Amazon Prime, will I be able to watch it whenever I want? Or I can watch it live and then it'll be on Amazon Prime and it'll be in one of the portals there. So I get home tonight at 11 o'clock, I just click on and watch it. So I want to know how you're watching the game and who you're picking. But a lot of people I think are going to root for Kansas City. Get the Chargers a loss. Then, you know, Raiders can go into Kansas City and get a win. Let's see what happens here. 702-365-9200 as we open up the show. Brought to you by Grimaldi's, best pizza I ever had. Head on out to one of the four locations here in the Valley. I go to Boca Park. Fantastic service, fantastic food. Always a great time. Uh, Here's Derek Carr from yesterday on his preparation as we open up what he said yesterday from the takeaways of his poor performance and what happened in the last game. Uh, well, Josh had some things for me and for our team, but I leave all the coaching points to Josh. You know, I don't want to give away what he's telling me and things like that. Um, but uh, we, we talked about it. We had a, you know some stuff to correct, obviously, but we also had some stuff that we could build on, and uh, we tried to do that today, um, really build on those things and correct those things to have a good good practice today so we could be on to Arizona. Yeah, for Derek, it's a tough week because he's got to put the negativity behind him. The only thing we can talk about is the performance last week until he plays this game against Arizona, and he's aware of that. He's been down this road before. He's lost a number of games in his career. He understands what a week of preparation is like coming off a loss. Yeah. Um, you, you want, well, I try and learn from every game. You know, I think one of the big things, as you know, uh, in my career is like no matter what the game was, we always talked about that you know, those five plays. What about those five? You know, the, the, the five that keep you up at night, you know. Um, and I learned that, you know, from Coach Gruden. And Josh is the same way. We, we're going to make sure we correct these, you know, and make sure we're on top of these, um, you know, so that we're better always going forward. And that, that'll never change whether, whether we won that game or, or lost it. Um, you know, that, that has always been the process that, that Josh, we're always going to try and get better. And that's always the process I've, I've believed in. And, and then you go to practice and try and do those things better, not just say, okay, write it in your notebook, but then go out there today and do them. All right, so we got a couple of big interviews coming up. Kevin Ioli from Yahoo on the Canelo Triple G fight. And it looks like Vegas is going to get the fight of the decade. Terrence Crawford, the Crawford-Spence fight. We're looking at Las Vegas on November 19th. That is a massive super fight. Massive. And that'll be unbelievable for the Vegas economy. We got Formula One. We got the Super Bowl down the road. Could have a WNBA champion very quickly here. Rebels are playing better football. Golden Knights, we know they've been close. And the Raiders. But to get that fight, big story. Also, Howard Balzer at the top of the hour, the Cardinal Insider. Please stick around for that. This will be a deep dive by a legendary insider on the opponent coming up. Looking forward to that as we continue from the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Yeah, very excited. Uh, man, our crowd is is so loud. You know, it's a it's definitely a, it's always a fun uh, atmosphere at home. Uh, any home Raider game is an experience, you know, uh, and I and I always have a blast in front of our home crowd. And I love, I love our fans here in Las Vegas. You know, they, you know, when we when we came here, no one knew the home field advantage. What would that be like? Would it be the same as Oakland? And Oakland was a special place, you know. Uh, but being here in Vegas, they've been every every bit uh, the Raider Nation, and it's been loud, and it's been 
exciting and hopefully it'll be an advantage for us again this year. But I'm excited to have our fans back. It is a loud building and wait till you hear who's performing. Wait till you hear who's performing. I repeat, performer alert. Get in there on time and stay for halftime. JT, back with you. Live from Raider Team Headquarters as we bring in Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports. He always gives us games for free. We appreciate it. Lee, you just heard Derek Carr. Raiders had a chance late in that game. Late in that game on the road, but they lost to, I think, a better team. The Chargers played a cleaner game, and Khalil Mack had uh, three sacks on his own. You're not going to win many games when you throw at least two or three interceptions. That's the bottom line in the NFL. So, uh, you know, just one game. Don't, Don't overreact to one game. Absolutely. Miami's got to feel pretty good considering Jimbo and Texas A&M laid an egg with one of the worst losses in program history. Uh, This line opened up, I believe, minus six. We'll play it there. Really important game to save the season for Texas A&M. They dreamed of a national championship. You're not going anywhere if you lose two games. How do you see it? Well, I'm going to catch it in person. I'm going to be flying to College Station Friday night, backing my Canes. But here's the problem for the Canes. I knew that A&M was overrated. should never have been rated number six in the country based on all those five stars on the defensive line, uh, the quarterbacks. But um, now Jimbo's up against it, and that's where Jimbo does his best work. He is a master play caller here. I think he's going to change things around for Haynes King. I think he's going to run motion a lot so he can identify when Miami's in either zone or man-to-man. Uh, also tell them to run a little bit more, and uh, I think they might even use some hurry-up. And if that doesn't work after a couple series, I hear he'll go to Max Johnson. Max Johnson mm-hmm. has been splitting time in practice, so I, I think he's a guy that can really move the team. His passing is more accurate and also a very underrated uh, runner as a quarterback. So I just think that Miami is close, but they're probably a year or two behind mm-hmm. Texas A&M. Uh, Mario Cristobal is going to have to take some chances and try to hit on some big plays early. He's going to be now without his star receiver, Xavier Restrepo. And uh, unless Miami can get up by double digits in this game, I think they're going to have a tough time here. I like Texas A&M laying the six. I think they win this game 28-20. It says a lot for you because you're yeah. a big Miami supporter to say that. Lee Sterling, <laughs> yep, it's ParamountSports.com, everybody. Appreciate the fact that one of the premier handicappers in the country, he's giving you games for free. So if you're a gambler, listen to this every week. He's very generous with these picks. All right, Tampa Bay, New Orleans fascinates me for a couple yeah. of reasons. You're in the business where you want information, and whatever information you can get helps your clients. And now I'm dealing with Tom and Giselle, and it's real. It's New York. It's page six. She's actually chirping. She's the one giving out this information. So a lot of bent noses around the country want to hear about this because they think it could affect Brady. It's not going to affect Brady, but New Orleans has been able to do that. Line opened up now minus four. We'll play it down to two and a half. I know you played it at three. What's going on in this game? Because the Saints know how to game plan this particular opponent. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, Tom Brady has pretty much dominated every opponent. But since he's come over from the Patriots to the Bucks, he's one in four straight up and against the spread versus the Saints with a eight touchdown and eight interception ratio. So it, it, it just seems like when they're on offense, it's like the Saints even know the patterns are coming. I mean, it looks like sometimes like their DBs are running the routes, not the Bucks receivers here. And Jameis Winston started slow, but rallied his team from that 26-10 to 10 deficit. 
come back to win the game at the gun, 27-26. to They've added Chris Olave. Uh, Michael Thomas looks like he's finally healthy here. And I like the fact that both coordinators stayed for the Saints here. And how about this stat? The last 52 games as an underdog, the Saints have covered 67% of the time. Wrong team favored. I like the Saints here outright 24-23. Outright, at least Sterling, ParamountSports.com just gave you it. Go to ParamountSports.com. He just gave you the Saints outright against Tom Brady. All right, Philadelphia, Minnesota. That line hasn't moved. Uh, two and a half down to two here. Well, I don't think it'll get to three in Philadelphia and Minnesota. This is a hell of a matchup to have this game here because I like Philadelphia this year in their roster, and Minnesota is a popular pick by a lot of sharps here. How do you see this game? I love Minnesota opening week. I love what Kevin O'Connell did. Um, laid low all preseason. Uh, and then all of a sudden, week one, he sprung some new formations and plays. And if you heard the, the interviews from the Green Bay defensive players after the game, they were shell-shocked. They said they had never seen probably eight to ten of the plays that the Vikings ran. So uh, I think that helps Philadelphia. They will be able to adjust uh, more of an idea what's coming. And then on offense, I mean, that ground and pound, they, they put up 214 rushing yards. I think they have a top-five offensive line in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown, looks like they've been together for years here. I like the Philadelphia side here, 27-20. Just don't trust Kirk Cousins on the road. All right, Lee Sterling giving you Philadelphia. Finally, your game of the week. My son goes to Oklahoma. I'll be there in a few weeks on Raider bye week to see them play in Norman. I want to see them stay undefeated, but that's a big number, 11.5 against Nebraska. Oh, and oh, no, a coaching change. A coaching change is the information I know you got. So tell us how to get this game, how everybody can call you. I know you're standing by. How do you get Oklahoma-Nebraska? i got a real strong opinion on one side here. If they want to get it for free, just call 800-400-9741. We'll give them this game, this big game that uh, <laughs> uh, could be very vital to Oklahoma going on and getting to the national college championship. So you want to get this game, 800-400-9741. And most, I mean, popular promotion every single year goes this week. It's the Baker's Dozen, 13 games combined from Saturday morning to Sunday night, just $97. How do you jump on board? We've had five out of six winning weeks since the start of the preseason. Just one place, ParamountSports.com. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate it very much. Thanks for coming on. Have a good week. That's Lee Sterling, everybody, and we appreciate that. So that's where we go. That's where we go. And I'm excited. So Lee Sterling gave you three games for free, and most of these charlatans and these hacks and people I hear on the radio as I drive around town telling you, I'm on this side. Well, really? How much do you have on this side? Five bucks? Ten? Who are you? I've never heard you. You're on the radio. This young gal talking to this young guy, and they're like, yeah, I'm on this side. Well, we don't know that. We've never heard of you. Let me see your ticket. Let me go to your Twitter account and see you post the pick and tell us how much money you have on it. Anybody can pick a game, but I want to talk to the people who are betting 1000 a game, 500 a game, you know? Dimes on games. I want to talk to those people because they are transparent and they're real. There's too many people out there giving gambling advice who shouldn't be allowed to, but you're allowed to do whatever the hell you want on Twitter in 2022. Literally, people are popping up calling themselves handicappers. It's not true. I live in Vegas. I know the handicappers. I know the scam artists. I know the people that aren't allowed in sports books, the people who are hacks on radio talking about this and just trying to get in your wallet and then... They don't tell you when they're wrong. 
702-365-9200. H-Man, Howard Balzer at the top of the hour. He's a Cardinals insider, and he's really good. He's a Hall of Fame voter. Always a good conversation with him. Kevin Ioli, the best boxing analyst in the world. Mixed martial arts, too. Kevin Ioli, can't wait for that conversation. Johnny Katz on entertainment. Man, we are loaded up this last hour, and I could fit you in at 702-365-9200. Raiders need a win at home.